to ten. Hashtag progress or at Michael Henry nine one five hashtag Bruce TV two ten C. So what are you up to tonight, Kenny? I'm going to the crap shoots. And what about you, Michael? Crowbar for crap night. Ew, crowbar. I don't go there anymore. Why not? Because it's not a gay bar anymore. But it's a queer bar. Well, I'm not queer. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not. But I once saw you face down ass up in the Ramada parking lot with a cardboard cutout of an arrow pointing to your hole. And I once saw you blow a DJ. Right, I'm a gay man. I only date men. I only men. I only blow DJs. Well, queer is an umbrella term. I just think the term queer minimizes my experience as a gay man. What does any of that have to do with what clubs you go to at night? Well, when I go out, I like to be surrounded by other gay men. I don't always want to bump and grind with a girl on the dance floor or share a unisex bathroom. What bars or clubs do you expect queer people to go to then? Queer bars! I'm not saying queer bars shouldn't exist. I just don't want to go to gay bars that have turned into everyone bars. Bars? I don't want to go to my refuge, a gay bar, and see a man and a woman making out. I can see that at CBS. But they could be bi or queer or- Sure! So this is why you don't associate with the label queer? Yeah, that, and when I was a kid, it was like a really derogatory term. Like, the people who call me queer in the cafeteria weren't trying to form a community. Uh, my Ann Helen still says she feels queer until she eats a Reuben sandwich too quickly. Well, now queer means- I know what queer means, and I have nothing against queer people or people who associate with that label. I, however, do not. I'm gay. Okay, there we go. Um, <laughs> this is actually, this is actually interesting. Um, because I actually feel the same way that God did, but the word queer, I'm like, I mean, if it works for said person, then hey, do your thing. But it's just not something I am all about acknowledging or going along with. It's just not my, it's not my choice of uh, guest will say, wouldn't use that word queer to define me directly. Now, I do remember um, years, years ago when I was significantly younger, um, and it wasn't done to me, but I definitely remember the word queer being derogatory, and it's just not something I wanted to I guess you say on some level associate myself with the word queer. I mean, much victim, more power to them, but that's just not my definition of myself. And that's what I have. So, Zach Noe Towers, the, the guy who was on the right um, speaking for not going by queer, he is a fellow 80s baby. And 
I remember terms like smear the queer, which was a sports game that people would play. It was called smear the queer, you know? So mm -hmm. I too remember back in the day when queer was a particularly negative term. And yeah. I will say as far as a con another connection, uh -huh. I remember the woman who I went to UDC with, we, we took some class together because I was in the, I, I did the consortium thing because Howard didn't offer a class that I needed in order to graduate when I was trying to graduate. So I took it in the consortium and I took it at uh, UDC. And um, I, I remember the woman asked me, she was like, are you gay? And I was like, no. And she said the way that I answered her was just so convincing. And then <laughs> later that day, she saw me at the gay club. She saw me at the Delta, right? And it's <laughs> like, yeah, so that's a thing as far as clubs. Now, I will say this. I understand from my single club days back when yeah, I was like, yeah, you know, I want everybody in the club to be mostly someone who I at least have a chance with, you know, <laughs> like I, I, anyway, so just mixing everybody together in a queer bar, like, like that takes away from that. But I will say allyship is great and mixing all queer or just calling us humans. I think that is a good thing. And imagine that one day, we get to the point that bars and clubs are able to just be human. And because I, I acknowledge that when it comes to heterosexual men, they can, and part of this comes to society, but I really don't have time to go into that. But <laughs> as far as society's like ridiculous expectations, but they can be, I mean, the, what is it called? Ah, the gay panic defense is a real thing for a reason, you know? As awful as it is, that's a real thing for a reason because there are some hetero people, generally men, that don't like, that can violently not like a gay person hitting on them. So to imagine us getting to the point that everybody's just totally cool with whoever, then that's a good thing. Maybe we'll get it with Generation Alpha. Uh, basic complexity, you're one and one. Um, everyone has their own way. Um, yeah, everyone has their own way, only their own way. They, only they would, would like to be addressed. 
Um, and yes, definitely a thing. Um, so I guess, I guess we should at at first. Um, I'm sorry. Um. Alright, me first that. Um so I guess we should all just respect that that each other with should dress each other with respect. Excellent. Yeah. Now, I will say that for my one squared, I fully understand my gay brother, Zach Noe Tower, right? I understand everything that he's saying. But, and I have to throw in the butt, I am always team open the borders, tear down the wall, right? Because I, I do see benefit in people being united together. I don't think, and again, maybe Generation Alpha will be ready for that. And I, I think we're starting to be ready for that with Gen Z. But there are still some people out there who get a crick in their neck if a homosexual person tries to holler at them. That's a problem. But maybe one day we will get to the point that everybody's just totally cool with everybody being themselves, living their truth, and be able to just be like, if somebody hollers at you and you don't want them, just be like, no, thank you. And, or it doesn't even have to be a big deal. Just, just be kind with your no. Anyway, my one sentence is, again, well, I understand that some hetero men have the whole gay panic defense thing, and it's not just hetero men, but the gay panic defense is probably predominantly for hetero men. And yeah. maybe one day we will get to the point that we no longer need to separate at all our clubs because everybody will understand that if you want somebody, you can agree. If you don't want them, you can disagree. And there will be minimal pushback, period. Because I, I, as I was saying it, I'm like, that also applies to women turning down men that they're not interested in. Because sometimes people will, and I, I don't want to gender this. So sometimes people will hear a no and just take that as a, an opportunity to fight harder. Mm -hmm. So maybe one day we'll get to the point that everybody is just like, you know, it accepts a no with minimal pushback, you know? 
right. minimum. Anyway, that was okay. You ready for uh, uh you want to say something? Just wanted to, I guess, kind of add on to what you said earlier mm -hmm. about um, Gen Alpha. Um, like, prime example with the whole gate acceptance thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mars is sort of with Gen X, but I'm sure it's sort of for them. But Gen X made it a little easier for Gen Y, aka millennials. And we made it a little bit better for Gen Z. And yeah, Gen Alpha, they organize so much like easier time than we did comparatively yes and yeah. th that that's a good thing there's as sweet as it would be to believe that oh with gen alpha we'll reach a perfect utopia maybe, yes. maybe <laughs> not, you know but we will certainly have significant progress or continue the path of progress, hopefully, prayerfully. Yeah, I, like, I see us just moving forward, only moving forward. Yeah, we're just looking out for the upcoming generations and on some level, training them or teaching them the way we had to do with things. And the fact that it's a little bit easier for them than it was for us because we did not have a cakewalk trust and belief. But um, yeah, things over time are getting better. Each one to each one. Oh, yeah. right. And the next one, I am first for... Mm -hmm. Share, subscribe, and share again with a friend. Thank you. Hashtag truly savage at urbanist live at death not ant. Hashtag first TV 210D. This is the New York City Museum where a Congolese man was held captive and then later on displayed with monkeys in the Bronx Zoo. In 1883, Otobengo was born in the region that is now known as the Congo in Africa. But a few years later, the Belgian military under King Leopold attacked his tribe and killed his family. Otobengo was later captured by an American businessman and taken to the 1904 St. Louis World Fair where he was displayed and labeled a savage and a cannibal. But at that time, he actually befriended a famous Native American man named Geronimo who was similarly exploited. After that, they took Otobenga here to the Museum of Natural History in New York City where they held him, but he resisted and he threw a chair at some wealthy funders who were visiting the museum. They notoriously took him to the Bronx Zoo where they displayed him in a monkey cage. Black American leaders like Reverend James H. Gordon protested and they were able to get him released and they took him under their care down in Brooklyn. But later on, Otobenga grew so depressed that he would never go back home that he ended up taking his own life. Let us know if you heard about this story before. Stay curious, my friends. A history fact. The first zoos in America were human zoos. One of the main attractions for this human zoo was a man named Otabenga. He's from the Congo, from the Mobutu tribe. He was sold to a zoo by African slave traders. 
His teeth were sharpened. He was forced to live and sleep in the zoo's monkey house with orangutans and chimpanzees. And people would pay extra money to feed him bananas. He was exhibited at the Bronx Zoo and African-American newspapers throughout the country petitioned the New York mayor to do something about it. He was eventually released from the zoo and put into the custody of an African-American orphanage. There was money raised to repair his teeth and also send him back to the Congo. Because of World War I, no one was allowed to leave the country by passenger ship. Otabenga fell into a deep depression and unalived himself in 1916. <sighs> Heartbreak. And I will say, Otavanga is a fellow 83 baby, so I particularly connected with that. Now, granted, he's 1883, and we're 1983. Yeah, that touched me a lot. And thinking about his whole teeth situation and how they shaved his teeth like that to try to make him look even more of an animal. And it's like, I know, particularly way back then, the technology wasn't there, but it's not like they, they even cared because they didn't see him, they didn't see us as human. So they didn't care about the pain that he went through as they were shaving his teeth like that. That is heartbreaking and i understand his whole he committed suicide about 32 like right at 32 because that that 1916 is the year he would have night anyway between 32 and 33 but he i get it because it's like they went through all of that to like build it up and it's like yeah you know we're gonna send you home friend and then to find out no you're not gonna be able to make it home even though the mfers and i'll use that much of a cuss killed his whole family killed his whole tribe it still probably would have been nice well not probably it still would have been wonderful or in comparison to be on your homeland, in your home shores, to find out that you can't, like, like that's trouble. Anyway, a connection of mine is that I spoke with a connection of mine about it, and I told him, I was like, oh, and when I heard that story, it was just so heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And his response to me was, well, it's a luxury for you to be heartbroken and feel sad about this thing that happened 100 years ago, considering the things that are still going on today. And I, I was like, well, why would you say that? And he was like, well, are you heartbroken about the things that are going on today in Sudan? And I was like, I don't know what's going on. Are you heartbroken about the things going on today in Ukraine? Well, I mean, I heard about it, but I, I, I don't know. Are you heartbroken about the things going on in Libya? And I was like, well, I, I, I don't know. What to, so all of that to say, there are a lot of ridiculous things that still go on in the world. 
In the words of, I'm going to quote Olita Adams yet again, will we ever learn? There's a complexity or why your no, your your time. All right. Um I have to say that after hearing this, this is just uh just another part of the dirty, very dirty history of the US. Um, several politicians are trying, well, desperately, to sweep this under the rug. And yeah, that's pretty much what they do. That's what I have. All right. And I will say for my one square, mm -hmm. yeah, like Ovita Adams, I ask, will we ever learn? Learn to live love together. And, and this goes into my uh, one sentence or my final thoughts, if you will. Hmm. I say, world, let's live love. Everyone loves. Love is perennial as the grass. And that comes from Desiderata, which is a poem by Max Ehrman. And I'll shout out the fact that he did that poem, which is one of his most memorable writings. It's gone down in history. My mom introduced me to it um, right after high school. He, he did that poem when he was 40, the year he turned mm -hmm. 40. And it's like, wow, you know, somebody making such substantial contributions to life, to the world at 40, because that is an amazing poem. And yes, again, the love is as perennial as the grass. And the building blocks are there. Let's open our eyes. Also, check out that poem for yourself. Anyway, basic complexity, you're one square. All right. Um, just to stay alert and aware of the inhumane things, inhumane ways that people in the U.S. were treated in the past. We all have to be realistic. All right. So now we are at the point that we will close the show and bid YouTube adieu. And this has been Hashtag Verse TV Week 210. And I'm Aaron Mack. And you can find me, Aaron Mack, at versetv.com. That's A-A-R-O-N-M-C-K at B-E-R-S-T-E-A-V.com. You can find Verse TV all over, hashtag B-E-R-S-T-E-A-V. Just search us up and you'll find us.
And you can also go to the website. Oh my gosh, I didn't say that last week. www.versetv.com. And Space Complexity, where can we find you, friend? All right. Um, well, I guess it varies on the situation, but I could definitely be reached also at versetv.com. Um, you all could even shoot me an email at basiccomplexity at versetv.com. And that's B-A-S-I-C-C-O-M-P-L-E-X-I-T-Y. And yes, that's at versetv.com. I could also be found on Instagram under the name Basic Complexity. And also on TikTok, my name on there because for some unknown reason, Basic Complexity was taken. So I had to make a slight change. And on, on TikTok, it's my basic complexity. That's M-Y-B-A-S-I-C-C-O-M-P-L-E-X-I-T-Y. All right. And now we're about to go into our live one once timers. And Check, check us out. If you're going to stick with us, stick with us. But YouTube is going off because we don't want copyright infringements. We don't want the smoke at all. <laughs> all right, YouTube. See ya. Okay. Now. Are you ready for our um, fun music segment? Yeah. Oh, it looks like we got a comment. Day the QT. Hey, friend. Haven't seen you in a minute. And pink. Well, actually. Oh, it's from YouTube. Darn it. Okay, friend. Well, thank you. And. Here we go with hashtag Verse TV. I'm Aaron Mack. Kevin, AKA Basic Complex today. Hashtag Verse TV family. Hashtag Verse TV. Hashtag Verse TV family. 210.